Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, Happy New Year, and welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Ryan. On Thursday, lawmakers on Capitol Hill will pause to mark the one-year anniversary of one of the darkest days in American history. We've come to know it as a simple date, January 6th. So as we approach that date this week, I want to spend five minutes with two of our reporters who were there as it all unfolded so we can remember what happened and consider what happens next. All right, Ellie, where are we walking to right now? Uh, We are walking to the media credentials site near the White House ahead of... The day began in the pitch black cold because the media had to get credentials between 6 and 6.30 a.m. Ellie Reeve covers the far right for CNN. On January 6, 2021... She was in Washington to talk to people who had come to see President Trump speak outside the White House at a Stop the Steal rally. So what did they explicitly tell you was the reason that they were there that day? A lot of people just said they wanted to show up and support their president. What do you expect to happen? That it's going to be announced today that Donald Trump is the president of the United States again for a second time. A lot of people said the election was stolen. There were a ton of QAnon supporters. If Trump says go, we're going to do whatever he has I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today. And as President Trump finished speaking, a large group started walking towards the Capitol. Manu, my first question is, are you in the same room that you were in on January 6th? Oh, absolutely. I'm sitting in the Senate booth. Uh, this is in the That's CNN's side. chief congressional correspondent, Manu Raju. He was in the Capitol as Congress convened to certify the election results. And I'll let him and Ellie tell the rest of the story. The first moment that something seemed a little bit amiss is that we got word that there was two buildings on the House side of the Capitol that were, uh, there was some suspicious activity. So we stood on the spillover area to get better interviews by the Washington Monument. And we talked to a bunch of people, and it was just freezing cold. And so we went and took a little break inside our hotel just to get warmed up. Now, we were about to go live on that story until suddenly they said that that had cleared. A few minutes later, my colleague Ted Barrett comes in and says, there's a problem. My producer, Sam Guff, just starts calling all my phones, which I don't answer. And then then she calls the landline of the hotel room. And I was like, "Okay, now I know it's serious. (laughs) She's like, they're trying to get in the Capitol. We got to go. They told us we're in lockdown and lockdown is a much different situation. So we race. It's about a mile. We race down to the Capitol. And as we get there, they're starting to go up into the Capitol. And there's one set of stairs that is the focus of everyone's attention on that lawn. We're going to continue to monitor this, but I want to go up to Manu Raju up on Capitol Hill right now. Manu, I understand uh, protesters are, they're getting assertive. What's the latest right now? Yeah, there's a tense situation outside with protesters, many of whom were... At that point, we went on live on air, broadcast from where I am in the third floor of the Senate, and Wolf Butzer asked me, said, what's going on? And uh, we said the building is in lockdown. They told us not to leave here because we had gotten our first reports of an external security threat. Let's go, hey. And there was a wall that people were climbing over, a concrete wall, maybe three and a half, four feet high. And so we climbed on top of that. That's when I realized, like, the gravity of what was happening. Stop the steal! Stop the 
this was an enormous like 10,000 person crowd and they were storming the capital and the, like this is the kind of scene I've only seen in documentaries about Eastern Europe. These protesters are inside Statuary Hall right now. You see the statues. This is a, a moment I never saw in my life. These individuals just rushed through security. They are inside Statuary Hall. This is a few minutes later, that's when we got word that there was an internal security threat. We had gotten an email from Capitol Police saying people were inside the building. And our other producer, Ali Zaslov, showed me a picture from a tweet from a reporter who was in the hallway showing the mob on the second floor of the Capitol. And I just could not believe what I was seeing. One member, Jerry Connolly, says that they were given gas masks on the House floor. These are members of Congress. Who's made a line so we stood there and we tried to push them back a little bit until finally they started getting rough with us there was this huge man who was crying because he'd been tear gas and he was telling some other guy very excitedly what had just happened so i just went up to him and i'm like why are you doing this and that made him very upset the supreme court's not helping us no one's helping us only us can help us Let's go. only we can do it whatever we have to do what do you think 1776 was you know, we were in this my booth here for about three hours, and then uh, I got a big knock on the door saying, everybody out, everybody out, everybody out. It was the Capitol Police evacuating us from the booth. Uh, we're going to go to Manu Raji right now. Uh, he's being evacuated from Capitol Hill. Uh, Manu, what, what, tell us what's going on. As I was on air, I was doing a live shot on air on the phone as I was walking to our secure location. And I said to Jake Tapper, I said, it's like a war zone out here. And it really felt that way. Four people are dead. This is the result of the mob storming the Capitol, the mob sent there by the president of the United States. So let's fast forward nearly a year later. A House Select Committee has been investigating the attack, talking to witnesses, the ones that will cooperate anyway. Manu, what is still left to learn? Yeah, this feels like uh, probably the most comprehensive investigation about what happened that's out there. You know, there have been a number of different investigations that have looked at different aspects of January 6th, whether it's specific rioters or there have been investigations on Capitol Hill that have looked at the security situation of the Capitol, the lack of communication. But there really has not been a whole look into all the discussions, the efforts by the White House at the time to try to overturn the results of the election, what Donald Trump was doing on January 6th, the communication that people close to him had to people who were organizing the rally, what the rally goers were doing, where the money came from. So the question will be, how much new information, how much ground will they will they break? Will they recommend uh, that there should be criminal action taken by the Justice Department to charge people with criminal offenses? Those will all be big questions in the new year. And the question will be also, how quickly will they get it done before the midterm elections? Because come November, if the House Republicans win the majority, which seems very likely, then this investigation is essentially over come January 2023. Mm -hmm. So time is ticking, but they seem to be making some headway. We'll see what they ultimately say, though. Right. Ellie, I wanted to ask you about the midterms because I know you followed how misinformation and conspiracy theories like QAnon and Stop the Steal took hold in 2020. 
How do you see January 6th and all the conversation around it playing out in the midterms? It's not clear. I mean, you, you can kind of start getting a sense by looking at the candidates for Congress. You know, there's some three dozen tacitly Q positive candidates for Congress for in 2022. And one of the figures I was following a year ago at Jan 6 was this guy who goes by 107, which sounds kind of like 107, which in QAnon numerology kind of becomes Q. People also think he's um, JFK Jr., so this guy, big ridiculous joke. He would do all these live streams where all you saw was a cowboy hat and his pinky ring and his cowboy boots. Um, very ridiculous, right? Well, this guy has recruited multiple candidates for secretary of state in different states. Because the stop the steal types think that that's where the power is hmm. in controlling elections and preventing election fraud. Like that stuff has real serious, like it catches on. Right. Real consequences. And of course, all the lawmakers and police officers who were there that day on January 6th won't soon forget any of it. CNN's Manu Raju, Ellie Reeve, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Anytime. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. A sentencing hearing for the three men convicted in the murder of Ahmaud Arbery is scheduled for Friday. Travis McMichael, his father Gregory McMichael, and their neighbor William Roddy Bryan were found guilty of killing Arbery as he jogged through their South Georgia neighborhood last February. The three men still face an additional trial on federal hate crime charges that is set to begin next month. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paula Ortiz and me, David Rhine. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohammed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Special thanks this week to Sam Guff. We'll be back next Sunday, and the rest of our Five Things team will have the latest for you all week long, starting tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern. Talk to you later.